Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? I am thrilled. Did you did you know that I played the lottery tonight? Did you win? Yeah, I won. Well, there you go. Won the number one draft pick for my San Antonio Spurs. <sighs> oh gosh, you're not you're not excited for me. No. <laughs> Why not? I'm 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 not a Spurs fan, man. The Wimbanyama, the Wimbanyama Rama. We won. We did it, guys. Pretty excited. I will have to say, I looked. I had to look up who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> so you're excited about winning the the lottery to draft this guy, but you don't even know who he is. No, no, I don't. He's he's a seven foot. It, it's it's disputed. Seven foot two, or three or four or five, power forward. Um, plays. Plays overseas somewhere. Where does he play? I don't even know. But yeah, I've talked about this before. My my interest in the Spurs has fallen off. Uh, I'm going to mostly blame regional sports networks, but also the team itself has just tanked. But it paid off, maybe, hopefully. We'll see getting the number one pick um, and who knows maybe with the number one pick they might actually land on a TV channel that I get and also there's a lot of hubbub about Bally Sports maybe going under please which would can, uh, yeah can I see? root for a media company to just completely go under more as than a Rangers Bally. fan you are cursed as well so you're not able to really watch the Rangers unless you have one of the two methods you can get ballet sports, which is paying them $30 a month to stream yeah. it or getting direct TV. No, I don't want direct TV. <clears throat> no, I'm not. I'm not going to pay $30 to stream something. But so, so I, I didn't, I didn't want ballet sports yesterday to watch the Braves. Absolutely demolish the Rangers. What was it? 12-0. Rangers bounced back tonight though, 7-4. So that would have been fun to see. Um, 
speaking of the Rangers, let's, I, I just want to, I, I want to throw this out there real quick. Yeah, love the Rangers pro sports love that they're, uh, they're, they're relevant May 16th. Um, they're probably ahead of schedule and, and, and being competitive and relevant. Uh, but this is not their year and it certainly is not, you know, looking up for them losing DeGrom because he, he, he's probably done and he, he's not coming back this year. And that was the, the risk you're going to take when you signed him. Um, but Avaldi, dude, dude's been lights out. Uh, and he and Spencer Strider are uh, locking up tomorrow. So if, if you don't know, Evaldi's got like 28, 29 scoreless innings pitched, like consecutive innings pitched. And Strider is leading at least the NL, if not all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts. So Strider will, will go for the Braves. Evaldi will go for the Rangers. I mean, it could be who blinks first tomorrow, which would be just a fantastic game. I wish I could see it. Is it going to be on on any other uh, platform? No. No, it will not. So, there you go. Yeah, tomorrow will be Spencer Strider going for the Braves, Nathan Evaldi going for the Rangers. Between them, Strider's 4-1, and one, Evaldi's 5-2. and two. Uh, anyways, it's going to be a great pitching matchup that no one will be able to see if they don't have the streaming rights through Bally or um, whatever. Texas Tech baseball, <laughs> Michael, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that tonight. Uh, they, they, they played some games this weekend. They won one. Uh, and it was much more impactful to the RPI than I would have expected it to be. Yeah. Wow. Huge, huge. Um, you you took the game on Friday, jumped up to 41st in RPI, and I don't, I don't get too far into it, and then you lost Saturday and Sunday. But that even losing Saturday and Sunday, I think you maintained the, the 41st spot. Um. So, whereas when you were in the 58, when you're at 58th last week, you were on the outside or on the very edge looking in 41st, you're like, you're probably pretty, pretty solid there as a three seed. Uh, you got your work cut out for you. You still got to win this weekend against Kansas. Um, but that certainly helped getting that one win on the road versus West Virginia. Uh, which we'll talk about that, that series and our, our thoughts more on that here in a little bit. Um, We'll look at basketball. There has, unsurprisingly, because it the the quiet period that we talked about last week closes Wednesday the seventeenth. Uh, you're you're still seeing some some recruiting. Rec, oh, I said that rude. Recruiting momentum because you did get a, a a transfer commit from Arizona State, Warren Washington, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, dead period begins on the eighteenth, which is no contact with recruits, that's when I would expect uh, possibly some movement on the the staff. I saw this from Ryan Mainville on, on Twitter, and I was like, what an excellent connection. <laughs> he said, this staff announcement may be an indication of how McCaslin just run things in general. And he's like, 
and look at like the offense he puts on the floor. It's slow. It's methodical. It may be slower than you or I want it to be, but it is effective and efficient in his own manner. Yes. Undeniably effective from everything we've heard about the strings he's able to, to maneuver without having a full staff. Like it's very intentional that there has not been an announcement yet made. And he's, he's been putting all that. He's been doing all that work intentionally. Um, after the commitment from Washington, I think you've got like two or three spots left. Uh, you've got some, some recruiting periods that will open up over the summer. Uh, and you know, we, we saw the past couple of years, few years, you, you, you've definitely picked up some, some meaningful commits and transfers and all that kind of stuff over the summer, uh, heading into the season. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not like you're in, in, in trouble right now without having a, a completed roster. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, football, we were talking before we hit start tonight. The uh, There have been some way too soon, way too early, like over-under win predictions given out. There was a, a, a New Year's Six project projection from one of the big football sports media guys, and I can't remember his name, which is whatever it had to Henry or something like that. McMurphy McMurphy there. Yeah, he, he had uh he had tech in Alabama, uh, clashing in the cotton bowl, which would be Alabama. something. Bama. Bammer. Um, we'll get to some questions, a question that Michael and I will have to wrestle with about which two Texas, staples we'll, we'll we'll get to stay and seven of them get the axe uh and then what do we learn we got lots to talk about behind the dish the uh, little league season's coming to a close going yard i've got some some growth updates evermore if you haven't heard of it yet i want to tell you about it and then uh michael's got some some hot takes on old fashions yeah some cocktails cocktail takes cocktail <laughs> dreams so before we get into all that, though, we need to remind you, if you aren't already, uh, if you listen to this, subscribe to the YouTube channel because we stream these episodes each Tuesday evening about 930 by the time that we hit live. Uh, once we get everything rolling Tuesday nights, you can hang out with us. Uh, you can follow us on social 23 at 23 personnel on Twitter at punts suck and at Michael underscore LBK. And if you again haven't yet already tuned, dialed the radio dial up or down to find out all the other great pro- products, productions within the Stake in the Plains network, check them out. Gambling Gauchos, Seeing Scarlet, Red Raider, Dugout, Dinger Derby. I, I would always <laughs> combine those those two names. Uh, great things are found over on the Stake in the Plains network, even on stakeintheplains.com. So go check that out. Go check out the other, sh- sh- the other shows. You'll find Gambling Gauchos actually right now part of the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football feed, not on the Gambling Gauchos feed, but you'll need to check that out. Otherwise, everywhere else in your podcasting space of choice. With that, Michael, are you ready to start talking about baseball? Texas Tech baseball. Let's do it. All let's right. talk let's talk some baseball.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Left field. Well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven from deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big fella. Cameron Warren's going to motor home from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. Popped up. Not yet packing for Omaha. Got one more regular season conference series left to play this weekend, hosting the Kansas Jayhawks. Not as woeful in baseball as they are in football, but an opponent you should be looking to win this series handily, possibly even sweep. I say that your Sunday struggles are real. Your starting pitching, your struggles, your pitching struggles are real across the board. Let's let's not uh, let's not beat around that bush. But this weekend, you didn't get swept, and that was huge. Yeah, yes. Um, you went on the road. We are we talked about this a little bit. You took one game versus West Virginia, jumped seventeen spots in the RPI, and then held true 
as you did end up lose this end up losing the series only your third of the season um you are now 35 and 18 10 and 11 uh this year but sixth in the big 12 behind west virginia oklahoma state um texas kansas state tcu snuck ahead of you and then texas tech at six oklahoma at seven kansas at eight baylor at nine so again this is a great opportunity six versus eight but it's not a very close six versus eight um got a great chance this past weekend um like i said you took the game on friday um And I just totally blinked. Well, I thought it was it was like <laughs> five to two or something. Yeah, it, it so was five it was, two. You, you put up you put up two runs in the in the ninth. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you had a three two lead. It was a close game. Um, you had a close it was close, and then and you scored two there late, a couple insurance runs. Before we get into the games, actually, real quickly, uh, having had to endure so many home broadcasts that have been repackaged as ESPN plus broadcasts. The West Virginia production actually fairly solid. I thought the, so too. What I, what was it? What I was able to catch the play by play guy was radio. Yeah. The play by play guy had some, some, oddness to him like he wanted you to know that he called <laughs> major league baseball games before and that he worked in all, all kinds of major league games and uh that he was a major league broadcaster and brought up uh, the fact that he was a baseball announcer for major league baseball uh as many times as he, as, as he could um but like as a as kind of irritating and eye roll worthy as that was every time he mentioned that the professionalism was there though. Like he got up for times when Texas tech was doing things good for Texas tech. It wasn't like he was groaning like uh, right. holiday does on the Oklahoma state broadcast or like I did on the Lubbock high broadcast this year. Um, I, I did it for, it was, it was supposed to be that way. They, they had their own anyways. Um, the only thing that I didn't like, and this was not even a, a thing on the guys that were the talent on air. Uh, it was more on the production side, which if it's like what they do at Texas tech, that kind of falls down to like even students. Um, they had graphics that would come up for the batters that it felt like flashed and were off the screen way too soon. <laughs> And if that's my biggest complaint, <laughs> like they did a really good job because like I said, the talent on air, besides the fact that he plugged that he was a, a part of the major league broadcast for so many years, um, it seemed fair. Even like you put yourself in the mind, like he does West Virginia home, like he's their home broadcast guy. Right. So with that perspective, they, they did a really good job on the ESPN plus broadcast. I really just wished that the graphics had say on the screen, like, cause they, they had good stuff on there. And it was like, I just wish like, cause it was, 
they would take it off when they changed camera angles. I was like, if you just like kind of held that over and had it on screen for a couple extra seconds, you'd be able to read it for one. Uh, but not unenjoyable to take in besides the result, especially oh, on Saturday when you got just Ooh. walloped. Um, anyways, the, uh, the game on Friday, West Virginia jumps out to two nothing lead in the bottom of the second. You take one back in the third and then you put up two of your own in the fourth and then it's scoreless until the top of the ninth. It was a three, two game from the top of the fourth to the top of the ninth. You had a bunch of really good defensive holds basically, if you will, um, until the ninth. Ben Hampton went for uh, West Virginia. Uh, you're, you went with Mason Molina to start. Um, the West Virginia pitching staff and bullpen, like, I, I don't know if, if I would say, like, like I, I would do a straight swap. I, I just want their guys. But they, when they came in, their guys pitched a lot of innings. Yeah. So, no kidding. M- Mason Molina got the start for Tex Tech, went four and two thirds, three hits, two runs. Uh, their starter, Ben Hampton, this was only his second loss on the season. He went five innings, four hits, three runs, three earns. Then they had Aiden Major come in for West Virginia, who went four innings. So they only used two pitchers. Um, he he gave up four hits, two runs, two earns, and th- those were the, the the two runs he gave up were in the top of the ninth. Um, after Molina, Ethan Coombs came in through six pitches, recorded an out, and then it was four complete innings from Brandon Beckel, who gave up only two hits, two walks, seven strikeouts. As dominant as those numbers sound, there were, there were times when it was a little iffy. Um, but he shut the door, got, you know, his career long, uh, appearance for, for Texas tech went four full innings, 66, uh, pitches thrown, which I think is also a career high for him. But gets the four inning save. It's his fifth on the season. Like I said, huge uh, to get the win there. Um, the scoring started, like I said, for Texas Tech in the third win. Um, Hester doubled in Ty Coleman. Kevin Bazell uh, hits a home run in the fourth. He had one that was iffy earlier in the game, but they didn't have a great angle on a re- replay review it. Uh, it was over the foul pole or maybe just left of the, you know, even in major leagues, like we need to figure out like a, a great way to have uh, better camera angles on balls around the foul pole. Um, same thing with like field goals. Like we need to figure out a way yes. to get a camera on the upright somewhere so we can see if the ball goes like over the upright or if it goes around because I, I think back to that Oklahoma game, uh, Oklahoma football game to end the season, right? They kicked the field goal in overtime that it, where it hit the net was inside the uprights. Did it go around the pole? Did it go over? You didn't have a great angle. The guy under it said it it was out, which is the best you're going to get is the view of one guy and no cameras to back it up. Uh, I, I think there are ways that we can address that otherwise. Anyways, Kevin Bazell hits his, what would have been, what should have been his second home run of the game, but hits his first home run of the game in the fourth. Um, 
And then a little bit later that inning, Ty Coleman gr- grounds out to the short, but uh, scores Gavin Cash. That gets you the lead there, three to two. And then the top of the ninth, you get Ty Coleman on, Dylan Carter on, and then Austin Green hits a huge two RBI double to take the five two lead to win it. Um, unfortunately, all that did was light a fire under Mountaineers because they came back with a vengeance on Saturday. Um, you had Trenton Parrish get the start for you going up against uh, their ace who we talked about last week. Um, in my opinion, should have been out this weekend with his ejection last weekend. Um, but rules aren't applied fairly in this conference. Blaine Trexel for the Mountaineers goes eight full innings, which again, going back to what I was talking about and when their pitchers came in, they just, they just stayed up there forever. It felt like, mm-hmm. so he went eight innings, gave up six hits, two runs. Both of those were earned one walk, six strikeouts through 115 pitches. Um, the thing that was wild about Trexel Traxel is maybe why he's so effective. I've never seen a pitcher alter his delivery as much as he did because there were times, I don't know if you're able to watch the game, Michael, there were times like he was throwing like his arm angle was over the top. Like it was just coming over like you would normally expect a pitcher to come in. And then sometimes he would drop down and throw almost a, like a sidearm submarine style pitch, like having to deal with that on a pitch to pitch basis. Not easy. That doesn't I, sound very common. Usually they just pick one. Right, because usually, like, if you're going to be a power arm over the top, you're just going to you're going to rely on that. You're going to keep your your mechanics the same. And I I, I joked about this in, in the Discord, like that's got to be like a pitching coach's nightmare to have sure. a guy that just like bounces back and forth between whatever mechanic he's going to like. We're going to go over the top. We're going to go sidearm, three quarter, submarine. And it wasn't like he threw one pitch out of a certain arm. It's like like he, like he threw a fastball overhand, and then he threw a fastball from the side. It was like, yeah, that's not, that's not easy to, to contend with. Um, it's fun just even going through his, cause I went to his stats page and the photos that they have at the top of his page, he's in a different windup in half of them. Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's obvious like, okay, that one he actually threw over his shoulder. This one, he's definitely, he's about to sidearm the heck out of this one. This one, it looks like he's punching, Punching someone in the gut. <laughs> I mean, all of the all of the photos just flashing through. You, you have no idea what you're going to get. So, I mean, you're right to to have that somebody like that face you. That's going to make it tough. Also, he's listed at five ten. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, and, and he could have been he could have been walking up now. Like there were, there were times when like he was coming off the mound and he was, it was, he would always walk next to some guy. And I, I couldn't tell you who it was because he was coming out of, out of the, the, the dugout to meet the team as they were coming off the field. If Blaine Trexel is five ten, that dude had to be seven, five, seven, six. Like he towered over. I was like, Trexel's got like this little beta dude, five, two. Um, he's not five, two, but he definitely does not. He was not five, ten. Uh, Texas Tech. Well, I mean, I think 200 pounds is probably a little light too. Five. That's what I'm saying. Like, like that that 200 is probably on the low end. The 510 is on the high end. 
uh, he and uh, he and Ty Coleman were probably closer in, in, in size, at least in height, than than their listed heights would would suggest. I've talked about this before, that but that's one of my fascinations about baseball is the sheer difference in size, height, weight, athleticism of the athletes. It is across the board. It's fantastic. I love that you have guys that are six, seven playing next to guys that are, you know, five, seven. Yeah. Go and it's, and it's not like we're in, in football. Like you look at somebody like that guy is not going to work out like that. You, you look at him, you're like, he's too big. He's too small or whatever. Like this very defined, like you've got like this, this Goldilocks range of athlete where in baseball, like you're saying like, look at Dylan Maxey for Texas tech. Dude is small. Gavin Cash is not really all that like built, but these dudes can mash for power. Like you don't need an Aaron Judge body. Well, yeah, Barrelson. Barrelson can get him. Yeah, get him he's, he's, he's a little get dude. The bases too. Yeah, I mean it's just it's baseball is such an equalizer. It's it's a it's so much about technique. And yes, there are times where your height is an advantage. I'm sure you want a tall first baseman a lot of the time. Or you you know you may not want a six seven catcher and a six seven guy would not want to be a catcher. Yeah, that'd be tough. But on the there's knees. just there's just not a lot of there's not a ton of that. You know, it, it's probably if you're tall, pitchers probably don't like tall batters. Um, no, it's a deep, well, or, or, and they don't they like do. short batters either. It's a huge zone. The, the, the short yeah. batters have a tiny zone. That's true. So I mean, it's just I don't know. It, it's it's a really great equalizer. That's yeah. all. I've completely went off on a tangent. No, it's fine. Related to anything. So Saturday. Interesting. You started turning Parrish. He takes the loss, falls to three and two. He only went three innings pitched, seven hits, eight runs. All eight of those were earned. Four walks, three strikeouts on 81 pitches. Um, there was a there was a stretch there uh, when I was watching it. He threw, you know what, th- this may be on Sunday. I'm I'm losing track. I, there was a time when there was twelve, no, ten straight balls. So Gosh. it was two and a half walks, basically, where the batter didn't even move the bat. Um, and when those happened, you loaded the bases and then walked in two runs to do it. Um. Andrew Devine comes in, goes two innings, three hits, five runs. All five of those were earned on four walks. Brennan Gurton comes in to finish out three runs, sorry, three innings, three hits, four runs, four, all four of those earned, and four strikeouts. Um, so Parrish had four walks and a hit by pitch. Andrew Devine had four walks. Gurton had no walks, but a hit by pitch. So you had Eight walks, two hits, hit hits, batsman, hit batsman. <laughs> if I can get the plural in the right spot, ten free base runners to a team that then put up seventeen runs on you. West Virginia, one in the first, four in the second, three in the third, three in the fourth, two in the fifth, four in the seventh. You didn't score until the seventh, so you finally got onto Blaine Traxel in the seventh. One more in the eighth because uh, he went, like I said, eight innings yeah it's a day to forget sunday um <laughs> more more like the friday game uh 
you scored one in the first, one in the second. So you took a two nothing lead. Uh, West Virginia scored one in the second, one in the third. So they tied it. Uh, you took the lead again in the fourth uh, with a, a solo, well, with a, a single run. West Virginia tied at the bottom of the fifth, three all, and then they put up two more in the bottom of the sixth to win the game five to three. Um, on Sunday, you started Zane Petty and you went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different guys on the mount. And that's kind of what you expect on Sunday. Uh, at least with what, what what you've seen recently, Zane Petty went two full innings, two hits, one run. Uh, Ryan Free three full innings, three hits, two runs. Josh Sanders he gets the loss on his just one inning of work, two hits, two runs. Jacob Rogers went two full innings, sorry, a full inning, two hits. Derek Bridges came in, <laughs> blows my mind, dude. All right, these last three pitchers, Michael. Well, no, these last four pitchers. So Jacob Rogers, um, a full inning. So he records three outs and two hits. So he faced, uh, he faced four batters, um, but three outs, two hits through nine pitches. Just really efficient <laughs> with his pitches. Yes. Uh, obviously, you, you got a double play in there when you give up two hits. Uh, but record three outs uh, on four batters. Derek Bridges, one pitch. Ethan Coombs, four pitches. Kyle Robinson gets two-thirds of an inning. He gets yes. a double play on one pitch. He came in through one pitch and gets two-thirds of an inning. So the last five batters, sorry, the last, sorry, the last four pitchers Combined for 15 pitches. That's it. Josh Sanders, who went a full inning, went 16. So he went 16, and then the next four after him combined for 15 pitches. What do you think the... Why? Well, so I brought that up, and I was like... Because I I, I kind of scoffed at why. Like, wh- why is Derek Bridges only facing one guy at a time? And kind of comically, like, he's coming and thrown like one pitch and then been pulled. Um, and what I, what I got from Keith was he's a lefty specialist. He's coming in to face one guy or one spot in the lineup or a, a, a particular spot in the lineup. Um, and then they get that result, whether it's a hit walk out or whatever, and they move on. And like, he's coming in for, for one guy, uh, which is something that you've seen addressed in the major leagues that they don't like that. They've, they've actually, legislated that out of the game, like a, a pitcher comes in and has to face three guys unless he, he gets injured. Uh, that's not, that's not the case in, in college right now. You can come in like Derek Bridges, throw one pitch and then get re- replaced. Ethan Coombs came in uh, through a four pitch walk and then got replaced. Kyle Robinson comes in, throws one pitch, gets double play, ends the game. So you end up losing this game. Uh, Oh, sorry. It, it didn't. End, it didn't end the game. That that was that ended the bottom of the eighth, and then you came up, uh, and then went scoreless at the top of the ninth. But you uh, definitely bounced back from the Saturday performance. You got the win on Friday. You had a shot there on Sunday. Um, 
there were times when it felt like you were in it. There were times it felt like you weren't on Sunday. Um, just as wild as it is to say, like it felt like you were out of it in a, a two run game. Um, but with that, like I said, uh, you maintained 41st and the RPI, uh, which is huge for your postseason hopes. West Virginia is probably pretty solidly set to, to host their own regional, uh, which could be fun for them. You've got one more series upcoming. Kansas, they are 23 and 28, 7 and 14 in Big 12 play, 8th in the conference, 111th in the RPI. Uh, they did just lose a road series to Samford. They lost uh, two games of their three-game set, uh, and they are second place in the Southern Conference. This week you will play Thursday, Friday, Saturday to get ready for the Big 12 tournament, which will start next Wednesday, I believe, in Arlington, of all places. Yeah. Is that pretty recent? <laughs> yeah, so th- this will be the first year they've not played it in uh, Oklahoma in quite some time. Will it be where the Rangers play? Yes. Okay. In Big Globe Life. Well, yeah, May so- 24th through the 28th. So a week from tomorrow. So Wednesday. Week from Wednesday. So and then I'm look at this. Through the what? What do you got? I was gonna say I'm 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 on the Kansas baseball schedule. <laughs> Bless their hearts. They've got the the regionals on their schedule. They've got the super regionals, and they got the World Series on their schedule. As if they were gonna make it. <laughs> regionals, uh, June second through the fifth. Super regionals, the ninth through the twelfth, and then the World Series, the sixteenth through the twenty sixth. Well, it seemed like a good thing when they posted the schedule in September, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wanted to see what we don't have. There's not a lot of great scenarios for tech to, to move up in the big 12 standings. Um, I just kind of wanted to briefly run through that. So, you know, tech is 10 and 11 in the big 12. They're one game behind TCU. Who's 11 and 10, two games behind Kansas state at 12 and nine. So TCU and Kansas state play each other in a series this weekend. And so yeah, if I'm so four and thinking, five, Right. So the four and five play each other. What do we want in that outcome, Spencer? Do we want... Because Texas Tech won. They beat TCU. And did they... They didn't beat Kansas State, though. They lost the Kansas State series, right? Right. Okay. So, so with, the, with the Kansas State to sweep? <laughs> Would that help? And Texas Tech to sweep? Yeah, be, no, because you're no. not you're not jumping all the way up into fourth. If you were to sweep this weekend, you would end up thirteen and eleven, right? Um, if TCU wins the series, they would be thirteen and eleven. Kansas State would be thirteen and eleven. Um, and I guess Texas. Who are they playing? They're playing West They're Virginia. Playing West Virginia. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of out of, but if they, if West Virginia wins that series, two games to one, you could have four teams, maybe even Oklahoma. If they sweep, who are they playing? 
Oklahoma State. Ooh, that'd be Oklahoma that'd State. be that'd be a tall task. Um, okay, if Oklahoma State sweeps, if Texas Tech sweeps, if TCU wins the series two games to one, West Virginia wins uh, two games to one, you will have a one, two, three, four, five, six way tie for second place. <laughs> you will have six teams at thirteen and eleven. Let's hope that happens because that just sounds fun. Basically, everybody besides Kansas and Baylor are out of it. West Virginia is too far ahead for anything to matter, uh, except for you know, Texas, Kansas, or Oklahoma State, Texas, and Kansas State are all within striking distance. Um, Texas would need to sweep to then they would tie West Virginia in the standings, but they would probably take if they do a head-to-head as a as a tiebreaker, they would move into first. Oklahoma State needs a series victory over Oklahoma, which isn't that that part of the question. They need two games this weekend to tie them. Well, assuming that West Virginia, like if West Virginia is swept, Oklahoma State then needs two games to tie, three to take the lead. So Oklahoma State could win the conference, but they need Texas to win the series, and then they need to sweep the Sooners. Texas can only tie West Virginia and then they would just need Oklahoma state to win. Uh, sorry. They, they need Oklahoma to win a game. But like I said, if Oklahoma sweeps, if Texas wins the series, it doesn't sweep but if, if they win, no, sorry. If West Virginia wins the series, but doesn't sweep. If TCU wins the series and if Texas tech sweeps, You'll have six teams at 13 and 11. I'm taking a screenshot of this, of, of, of the standings right now, because it's so interesting to me how close it is and how much can potentially. Now, a lot of the scenarios that you mentioned and I mentioned are probably kind of not very possible, but anything can happen. Anything can happen this last week. We don't know. Hey, it could happen. Yeah. Um, it could happen. We landed on the moon. Did we? I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to go just long enough to see if I could get him. I got him. Uh, I got him, folks. Um, okay. So going back to the Kansas baseball really quickly. Um, obviously, is the eighth team in the conference they're not good uh but let's uh let's let's give you a little bit more than just they're not good so i mean obviously they're under 500 in their overall record they're under 500 in big 12 play um their stats page is loading like two lines at a time that's fun um they lost their their best player uh maui ahuna if I'm remembering that correctly, he transferred to, to Tennessee. Um, there he goes. Finally, it finally loaded. Yeah, Sam Hunt, like 400 something last year, wasn't he? Yeah, he was That's on fire. Crazy. It was like, it was one of those things where like, how did you end up at Kansas? And then he transfers after the season. Like, okay, there you understand. Go. understand. <laughs> Got it. Uh, they have a guy batting at almost 400, uh, 390. Cody, Shojinaga, Shojinaga, 
390. OPS is 993. Played in 47 of their 51 games with 40 starts. Um, yeah, slugging 558 on base of 435. Um, Chase Jans 333, and then Michael Brooks, the only other batter over 300 at 301. They do have a guy at 297. Uh, but as a team, they are batting 282. Opponents are batting 282 against them. And I mentioned Texas Tech transfer Sam Hunt uh, is playing for the Jayhawks. Uh, not doing super hot at the plate. Only appeared in 25 games with 15 starts for the Jayhawks. But 217 OPS of 623. Um, has five RBIs on the season, two doubles. Only 12 total bases on 10 hits. Um, on the pitching side, sorry, I, there it's it's organized so oddly. They've got a handful of starters. You, you'll see this weekend, Colin, Colin Baumgartner, uh, 13 games played with 13 starts. He is five and one on the season with a 395 ERA. These are season stats, not just not just the conference stats because they don't have that uh, availability on their on their website right now. Just overall, uh, 395 ERA on the season, 134 WHIP. Sam Ireland also with 13 starts, 664 ERA, 151 WHIP. Uh, he's done that over 62 and a third inning where uh, Baumgartner's done that over 70 innings. Um, batting averages for both those guys are, are pretty high, though. Baumgartner, 262. Ireland, 282. Faniel uh, Trumper, which I think is a great, <laughs> a great name. Faniel uh, is a guy that's coming out of, the, out of the bullpen, but he's like their main guy of the bullpen. He's the he, the third most innings pitched, and he's not a, he has no starts on the season. Um, 52 innings pitched, 450 ERA, 125 WHIP, the lowest batting average uh, that their pitching staff allows, 211, which is not bad, but it's not great. Um, they have, as a staff, and this is including everybody, uh, have a combined ERA of 602. Um given up 484 hits on the year, uh, given up 56 home runs, 24 doubles. Nope. Sorry. A hundred doubles, 24 triples, um, 282 batting average against, whereas with Texas tech, um, let me pull that up real quick and I'll give you some comparison there. Um, we haven't seen it. It's been, it's been this way across the entire conference but the the pitching stats are a little bit better texas tech uh overall era for the team combined era is a 506 uh 155 whip given up 104 doubles so kansas has given up 100 doubles we've given up more doubles uh 12 triples where kansas has given up 24 and then 56 home runs where we've given up 60 our opponent's batting average is 258. Theirs is 282. That's a pretty big jump. 
um, even so considering our, our struggles from the mound this year, um, they've had it just a little bit worse. Those are overall numbers in conference play. Um, our pitchers have a 663 ERA. Uh, like I said, we can't get those numbers for Kansas, but given up 47 doubles, six triples, 31 home runs, opponent batting average of 272. So do you do you anticipate this being are these going to be like some 9 to 11 games some you know what's this going to be 10 to 13 what what are we looking at this weekend do you think Tech's going to be able to take advantage of this pitching staff and or be taking advantage of themselves I mean I mean it doesn't look like Kansas has a lot of guys that can really hit the ball. Like you said, there's only well, there's the one guy that hits 297, but there's only four guys that are in the 300 or above range. But just judging by how the pitching has gone, I just don't know if it's gonna not necessarily turn out that that way. You know, they might be able to get something going. So looking at their at their schedule, um, it's it's strange. Like Kansas isn't as you would think. Looking at the results, isn't as bad as they would appear on paper. Um, because I want to show you this real quick. They lost. They 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 were swept in their series versus TCU. Um, they scored six runs in the first. They lost the first game eight to six then lost the second game 18 to 5 and then lost the third game 14 nothing they bounced back and then swept Baylor 12-4 13 to 6 and then 5 to 4 they beat the they 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 took the series victory versus West Virginia 5-3 10-7 then lost the Sunday game 12 to 3 swept by Kansas State 4 to 5 um one to six and then 18 to 21 <laughs> they lost uh you know combined over three games one five eight eight runs including a game that where there was 39 runs scored <laughs> total uh yeah i was seeing a lot of that you know the era their picture there's pitchers average 6.02 era and opponents 6.23 mm-hmm. you know uh batting Average, let's see, average 339 runs, opponents 334. They've they've hit more runs than their opponents, yet they still have a 500 record. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I don't have the, the schedule home and away up. I don't know if they're just as bad as we are on, on the road, um, but that's, you know, score one for you this weekend because you're, you're, you're playing at home. Um. You got, like I said, swept by Kansas State, um, swept by Oklahoma State, 15 to, to 10, 14 to 3, 8 to 3. Uh, lost the series to Oklahoma, 8 to 2. So they, they won the first game, 8 to 2, then lost 11 to 6, 7 to 4. Uh, lost the series to Texas. They won the first game, 10 to 4, then lost 6 to 2, 7 to 6. And then they've got Texas Tech last. Yeah, they are 7 and 15 on true away games. 
and which is almost their conference records. Conference record seven and fourteen. So that's probably pretty. And at least for 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 away game, and this is not an away game for Texas Tech. Texas Tech is six and ten. Um, we are twenty eight and six at home. Nobody has won more home games than Texas Tech has this year. Just put that out there. Okay, I'm just just kind of a little devil's advocate here. So yeah, I mean, going back to your question, like, is this going to be a like a you know win the games three to one, two to four? No, like it's probably going to be like ten seven, eleven to ten. <laughs> Squeak went out there, whatever. Walk off on on Saturday. Um, no, let's, let's let's have the walk off win on Sunday. Uh, where you, you get the sweep on Sunday with the walk off, that that would be fantastic. But yeah, it, it, it's probably gonna take a little bit more run, run than you would think playing the eighth eighth team in the conference. Um, but certainly a a series and games that are are winnable, they're there for you, um, and you need them. Obviously, with the RPI of Kansas, one hundred eleventh, beating them is not gonna do any favors. Losing is gonna destroy any, anything that you did this past weekend. So the only other thing I want to talk about with baseball before we move on, Michael, they, it, it was announced tonight, was released tonight, that the entire baseball team, each player on the baseball team, signed five-figure NIL deals with the Matador Club. Fantastic news for all of them. They got, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's exactly 10000 or how, how it's work out, but they are getting a little scratch from the collective there. So... That's they really were one good, of the, especially for a sport that is what is it eleven point seven scholarships per team, so yeah, ridiculously under underfunded, yeah, makes no sense. One, they were one of the last team sports to get that kind of uh, recognition. And don't quote me on who has it, and who doesn't. I I couldn't tell you, um, but it's great to see. Good news for them. Love that. Is there anything else you want to talk about with baseball before we move on to basketball? No, I think I'm good. I just hoping for the sweep. Do you think, okay, what about this? Does tech have to sweep or if they don't sweep, do they have to win the big 12 tournament to make the playoffs or can they make it if they, they, if they do a paltry two, one showing at home, and then maybe win one game in Arlington. Do you think they would still stand a chance? I mean, I cannot get over how and we've hated RPI this this whole season. But it's nice being on this side of it. It's the highest the RPI has been maybe all season. I'm not sure. But getting that win on Friday was massive. And not something I don't think any of us really expected. And it was it was so nice to just kind of have that monkey off your back for the rest of the weekend. Kind of felt like you were playing with house money. Because I don't think anybody expected Tech to go up there and wreck shop or anything. Um, but to just get that first win and get that out of the way and then see your RPI vault. I mean, it, yeah, it'll go down if you lose to Kansas at home. But, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what the scenarios would be for tech to be a quote unquote lock in the, in the postseason, Uh, I don't know. Um, I'll have to figure it out. Um, cause what, what I really want to do is I want to take, um, 
the schedule this weekend and say, okay, what, what happens if Texas Tech wins all three? Do they move up at all? Um, if they win the series but lose one, how far do they drop? If they lose two, how far do they drop? If they get swept, how far do they drop? Um, because like I said, you're not going to get any you're not going to get any love in the RPI for beating Kansas. You can even sweep them and probably not even move in the RPI. Um, because this would qualify, Kansas would qualify as a quad three opponent. They are in the 101 to 150 range. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't, you know, the RPI doesn't differentiate like basketball does in net rankings, whether it's, you know, home neutral or away, like how those, like it kind of breaks up a little bit. Well, quad one win, it's, it's top 50 at home, but it's top 75 and neutral top hundred on the road, whatever it is. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, RPI, it, it, it doesn't matter. So losing one, like if you win the series, uh, that one loss is going to hurt your RPI uh, more than winning the two other two games is going to help. I just don't know how much. So I would say like as much as you can really, really need the sweep. Just need, I don't want to see you drop any further because I don't know what you can withstand, how far you can drop in the RPI and still make it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Well, maybe not fair, but the facts of the matter. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't, at. I don't know how much the conference tournament is going to be factored in, if any at all. Uh, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to rely on that because the um, you're, you're coming in as a six seed, uh, you're you're going to have an unfavorable matchup in the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, let me pull that bracket up real quick. So if you maintain as a six seed, you will take on the three seed, which is you had that listed here. Is it Texas? Yeah. You would play Texas yes. first. Yep. And then if you were to if you Redemption. lost that game, <laughs> if you, you lost that game this year, you would then face the loser of uh Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. If if the standing stayed the same. We ain't, we ain't losing to Texas, brother. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that damn much right now. We ain't, we ain't going to lose them Longhorns. If you beat mm-hmm. Texas, uh, game four winner, you will face the game three winner. So the winner of the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State or the 2-7 the game. Probably OU. They're probably hitting their stride at a weird time like they have before. Oh, my God. Like, that's just ridiculous. I think they made it all the way to the national title national championship series against Ole Miss who also like snuck in yeah to the yeah. regional well I think a lot of it had to do with their how well they played in their tournament yeah I just don't think I, I don't know because the you, you're an offensive team you, you've played in this ballpark and you didn't have great offensive showing it's not a great offensive ballpark for for, for you um and it's not at home so None of those things line up for Texas Tech doing well in the conference tournament. So I don't want you to have to rely on anything in Arlington. And I don't know how much that would get factored in. So anyways, with that, let's uh, let's jump over to basketball real quick. Okay. Okay. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. With basketball, Michael, um, you got to commit. It's been a, it's been a minute, but you got a commitment uh, this past week from Warren Washington, uh, big man out of Arizona State. Um, we'll transfer in. He is a senior, seven feet two twenty five, originally from California, Escondido, California. Played four years. Uh, was he at four years at, at Arizona State? I can't tell for so sure. 
Um, but this past year averaged just over nine points, just under seven rebounds, 1.6 assists, 1.8 blocks per game, and only one and a half turnovers. So nine points, seven rebounds, two blocks a game. Give me that every night, please, and thank you. Yes, I will take it. I've seen some footage of him with some putback slams. Um, you, you know, a presence like that in the middle is something that Tech has missed since Tariq Owens, pretty much. So speaking of T- Tariq Owens, I want to give you some some comparables here. So he was 6'10", 205. Um, warm 205, wash, really? 205. And that may have been like end of season or... Like the the padded, like he comes wow. in because he was he was I don't think he was even two hundred pounds when he got here. Um, at Texas Tech, he averaged. Oh, they don't do this very well. Eight point seven points per game. Two point four blocks per game. Six rebounds a game. So basically so you're, you're trading one block for one rebound. Almost. And, and then two more points for Washington. So one more made bucket yeah. for Washington. Interesting. And then you're trading a, a, a block for a rebound. If you can expect... I've, I've just missed that so much. <laughs> Tariq Owens type of presence and contribution to this, this team... Holy crap, man. That's I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I'm excited to see McCaslin make a, you know, make a, an adjustment to the roster. Uh, Seth had a good post on staking the planes this week. And so with that, I do think that means that there are nine confirmed guys on the team. Okay. So you've got with, technically four spots, but I think we heard yes. there were going to be three filled and then one unfilled so you can grab somebody at midterm, which has been something that we've seen Texas Tech do the past few years. you got uh, Jalen Tyson from Texas that way. you got Kyron Lindsey from Georgia that way um, yeah. because you had a spot midseason open for them to come in. Well, so. and I think, you know, of, of the spots that, you know, the nine confirmed, there's still Kerwin Walton. I think the jury's still out on that. That's not exactly set in stone. Uh, Jason Jackson, I think he might be coming back or, you know, be becoming. So, you know, there, there's with, with uh, pretty much just running it down. It's Isaac, Steffi, McMillian, Washington, Williams, Jennings is back. That's pretty recent, I think. Lindsay, as you mentioned, Darian Williams, and then Warren Washington. Sorry, I should differentiate the two because Lamar Washington announced, I believe, this week as well that he's coming back. So I'm really excited about, um, you know, him making his way back. Darian Williams making his back, his his way back for sure. But there's still, like you said, you know, uh, some flux there. There's nine guys at least on the team. Um, you know, McCaslin made some appearances, I think last week, probably while we were recording, kind of try to put some, extinguish some of the fires that float around on social media. 
I may have been partially responsible for some of some of it, but what? not on no. social media. But just you know, if on the podcast we were kind of calling into question, especially last week, the the lack of announcement. I think it was starting to get to me finally. Um, but then I also said, what I'm going to say today is, you know, if two weeks from now we don't know who's hired, then I'm going to come up with a way and to spin how that's a good thing. He knows what he's doing. It's fine. He hasn't played a game yet. We've got to give him some, got to give him some chance. And something you alluded to earlier, if he's that methodical in his coaching style, he may just be that methodical putting together a staff and a team. And it's just going to be a different pace from what we're used to. But no one's really used to anything because NIL has changed so much in such a short amount of time. Um, and I think Beard and Adams were super quick on evaluations and super quick on getting guys coming for good and bad sometimes. And and so we might have gotten used to that pace, and that's all we've known in this era. And now we've got a new guy here, different pace, different thought process, different evaluation process. It's It's just going to take some time to get used to the rhythm of it. And, but I, th- I think, like he said, and like I think most of us believe, we're giving him a chance. I don't think anybody's, well, I hope not. I hope nobody's just beside themselves thinking, oh, gosh, well, we have no chance. This is, this is why, why are we going to play next year? Why, why <laughs> even play? Why even try? So I, I, think, I think we're definitely not that far over into the spectrum, but we are kind of curious for some hiring dates which i think something was alluded to today so there might be something set in the next week but man i don't i don't know if that's true or not yeah there was um i don't know like if it was just like we hope to have something done um but there was it was from carlos silva i just i just saw the tweet that's where that's right i thought man it seemed pretty legit where it was wherever it was from it was Tuesday morning. Uh, Texas Tech's first session of summer school starts two weeks from from Tuesday. By that time, Grant McCaslin plans to have his charter staff in place for his first season as a Red Raiders men's basketball coach. Um, and then I don't know where it's from, but in the Discord chat for basketball, there are names included on staff that have been put in place but not yet announced. But not none of those guys would fill that last assistant role just yet. These are other pieces of the staff. Um, whether it's operations or video or any, that kind of stuff. So the other thing I wanted to mention, bear with me. So the volleyball schedule was announced today. Yeah. And, and so it, it's, it's, I know where you're going and I'm, I'm going to tee it up real quick. Uh, it's not that we're going to talk about the, the volleyball team and you know what they're going to look like next year, but possibly as a format for what the schedule may look like. Right. Right. So it's, yeah, I'm not going to pretend to act like I know enough to talk with any sort of uh, authority on Texas tech volleyball, but one of the interesting things, what they were able to do Every single team next year. Now, I thought of this as we were starting to hit record, and I think I mentioned it to you. So 
all of the new Big 12 teams will play each other in 18 matches next year, which I think is excellent because I know that there's there's probably not a way to really do that in every single sport and have it make sense. You know, Texas Tech's not going to get to play every single team next year. This works for volleyball. Part of it might be because Oklahoma State does not have a volleyball program, so there's only 13 teams to deal with as opposed to 14 next year. But with that said, um, they did figure out a way for volleyball to play every single team. Now they're only playing OU and Texas once. They host OU for one game and they go to Texas for one. Also, a lot of these are back-to-backs. So that's going to, you know, that doesn't help things either on scheduling with basketball because you're obviously not going to play two games at BYU on a Friday and a Saturday uh, back-to-back. But it gives me some hope that, you know, Texas Tech's not going to, oh, we're only going to get to play 10, 10 of the 14, or not 14, 10 of the 13 opponents next year. You're going to miss out on these three. Sorry. So maybe there's a way they could figure out to bump that up. Hopefully get at least 12 in or, you know, maybe if, if they're willing to do stuff like, which was surprising to me that Texas tech was willing to only quote unquote, only play OU or only play Texas once. And this shows how dumb I am about volleyball. Those two squads may be terrible and may not be, you know, a, a, as high of a marquee game as, is what I would think. But if, they're able to do something like this with volleyball, then hopefully they can do that with basketball. Maybe Tech just plays TCU once or just plays Baylor once, but they get to have a home-and-home home with UCF or they get to have a home-and-home home with BYU. Just just something to kind of change it up. But I guess we'll find out. It gave me some hope, but it didn't really answer anything because it is, it is an apples-to-orange comparison. I know that. But they did try and they succeeded at least in this one sport to get everybody to play everybody at least once. And, and it's going to be weird. Uh, one, because not every school has a, a volleyball team, but like um, you're going to get these weird ro- like rotation schedules for this year. And it's going to be all change again for the following year once Texas and Oklahoma are gone. Um, but you're getting like these six, you get six two-game series and then six single-game matchups to get you 18 games. Like, that like I said, won't work in basketball because everybody's got like a men's basketball program, right? But you'll have some kind of similar thing where you'll play a handful of teams twice and you'll play a handful of teams just once. Um, so it's out there. There are, are solutions to be had to make the numbers work. Um, we, we have heard a few times that the baseball schedule has been put together in a way that, or that like Tadlock has a schedule. He's mentioned seeing the schedule. Um, but you know, as it's in the middle of the season right now, in the middle of this season, like he's not paying a whole lot of attention to it. And it's like with how fluid the baseball schedule is, even, you know, 
of the week that you're playing somebody, it's not like set in stone, even a year out. So it's out there. Um, so staff announcement for the basketball team coming soon schedule. I think you can, you, you've got a great template to look at from the volleyball schedule that came out. Um, you'll have a handful of teams you'll play twice, a handful of teams you'll just play once. Uh, nothing new, but big 12 basketball got even stronger by adding Houston. Um, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, like no slouches, but the best basketball conference in the country just got harder. Yeah. Um, great. <laughs> I mean, cause, cause Houston was, was like a one seed and number two in the rankings for a lot of the season this past year, right? Like you, you just added the last two games, two, two games versus the Cougars to your schedule. Yeah. And, and you got to play Texas and you got to play Kansas. Like these are conference opponents. Yes. All right. Uh, I want to, I want to spend a few minutes on football, Michael. So you're ready to jump over to football real quick. Yes, I'm ready. All right. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride. That's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chuck keeps himself. Escape and that picked off. Back to back turnovers and waters running the other way. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again and he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle and it's caught. Touchdown. Texas Tech. Miles Price. 39 yards. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw it. Has a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks through the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith 
Throwing to the back of the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Tied at 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good! He's good! All right, so Big 12 team win totals over under came out recently, and we haven't talked about it yet, but um, I want to get your, your, your quick thoughts on it. Just, I'm going to give you over under for all these teams, your first impression, Michael, over under as, as we go through them. You ready? I'm ready. All right, top to bottom in terms of number of wins, Texas, nine and a half. Under. Oklahoma, nine and a half. Under. That's criminally high for Oklahoma. Like for both of them. What the hell? I can see Texas oh, I mean, doing Texas, that. it's just always that way. It's just always that way with Texas. But Oklahoma, where they struggled to win six games last year. Well, this ain't Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma, Spencer. Yeah, so no, it's it's uh <laughs> what what's his name? Bruh Brent Burnt Vegetables. <laughs> Burnt Vegetables. <laughs> Kansas State, eight and a half. Okay. All right. Let me specify. Uh-oh. Does, is eight and a half, would that include the Big 12 championship game? I think these are, I think these are regular season totals. Regular season, eight and a half. So, like, are they, go, they going to go eight and four or nine and three? Well, because I was so strongly on the under on the first two, I'm going to take the over here. TCU, seven and a half. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because <laughs> they just came off a national championship game. <laughs> and the line is will they convincingly make a bowl game? <laughs> yeah. Will they hit seven wins? Will they hit eight? Uh, uh, Dugan Duggan's gone, right? Yep. Under. Texas Tech seven and a half. Over. Baylor seven and a half. It's about that it's about that time for them to do something stupid, isn't it? It will be an odd year. <laughs> As in like yeah, like in, in more whatever ways, know what whatever reason, like they, they perform better in odd years. I'm gonna go under because I feel like I've got a lot of high wind totals. Kansas six and a half. I mean, I hear they're getting some experts out there to do some plumbing. Gonna have a good, good, uh, good functioning flow at the stadium. I don't even know what that means. Uh, okay, what was it? Six and a half. Six and a half for the Jayhawks of Kansas. Lord Almighty! Football really wins. To, Six. And I want to get into the weeds on this, and you know, who do they have? Do they? Are they playing? <laughs> we're not. We're not doing agents? schedule breakdowns just yet. No, we're just. <laughs> <laughs> Initial impressions in coastal Carolina <laughs> during hurricanes. Is it during hurricane season? Um, uh, let's go with. I'm going to go under. I think last year was just kind of a. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go under. Oklahoma they could State still win six games. They could. Oklahoma State six and a half. Under. <sighs> I think. I think we finally we finally broken the Cowboys. It. Yeah. UCF six and a half. 
Oh, they're gonna have some trouble. Are they? I, I think so. Hold on. I think hold on. Some trouble in this I, conference. I, no, I said, you're you're over there I, looking at schedules. I said we weren't gonna do it, but I'm gonna look at Central Florida's schedule. Damn it. Okay. Because you can't I be think, on the fly here. These are terrible. Someone's gonna go replay these. In well, November of course, we're, 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 we're gonna we're gonna take this down. Um, okay, so they're scheduled this year: home versus Kent State. In oh. Boise at Boise State. L. Home versus Villanova. They have a football team. <laughs> yeah, they're like Division Two. Well, crap! They're already a third of the way there. Okay, here's here's where it gets real, man. In Manhattan at Kansas State. Mm. L. Okay. Home yeah. versus Baylor. That could be really yeah. fun. That could be a dub. At Kansas. Should be a dub. At Oklahoma. No. After a bye week, they're they're in Norman at Oklahoma. Could be a dub. Home versus West Virginia for homecoming. Oh, man, okay. The, a lot of these That's feel a dub. like 50-50. No, a lot of these no. feel like 50-50 games to me. Not West Virginia, man. They're you don't trash. think Neil Brown's going to come in there and no. just, just own Orlando? At Cincinnati. Oh, that's an L. <laughs> Home versus Oklahoma State. Dub. At Texas Tech. L. Home versus Houston. Dub. Okay, so I think no, maybe not. I'm not so sure about that. One, two, three, four. Yeah, you picked six wins. Yeah, but that's still the under, right? Yep. Okay, okay. we spent way too much. Time. BYU <laughs> at six. Over. Iowa State five and a half. Under just to be a hater. <laughs> Cincinnati four and a half. Over because they'll beat Iowa State. <laughs> Houston four and a half. Over because they'll beat Iowa State. West Virginia four and a half. <laughs> under because uh, someone's got to be under. <laughs> someone's got to lose all these games. Yeah, <laughs> someone's got to lose these games. I want everybody to win. Uh, I'm, I don't know, the the newcomers, man. Like again, I have. We just went through UCF schedule, and like there were a lot of like games I thought I would have a better feeling for. Is like, actually, I don't know. That could be that could be a really good game. Uh, well, you know, the or, big thing for me really last year game. was the big thing for me last year was just completely taken a dump on TCU coming into the season. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> they rattled off 12 straight. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, grain of salt, everybody. Yeah. Oh, this is also in May. So, all right. So for me, Texas, uh, under Oklahoma, way under Kansas state under TCU way under Texas tech over Baylor over Kansas under Oklahoma state under UCF over BYU. I haven't looked at their schedule. 
I I would probably lean over. I think they're probably better, closer to a seven than a, than a five. Iowa State yes. under, Cincinnati under, Houston over, West Virginia under. And maybe I'm giving... didn't differ on a whole bunch. Maybe I'm giving Donovan Smith too, too much credit, but... I, I think we were... I think we differed on... Well, the new the newcomers, basically. I think we differed on UCF, Houston, and... Who was... Oh. Cincinnati? No, West Virginia, maybe. Yeah. That's not that's not one of the newcomers. All right. Uh, and then specifically through Texas Tech schedule, without going scores or like whatever, how does Texas Tech get to eight wins, Michael? At Wyoming. Dub. Home versus Oregon. Dub. Let's go, brother. Okay, dub. Home versus Tarleton State. Dub. At West Virginia. Dub. Home versus Houston. I think you go five in a row. I think you can... I think you can go five in a row. I think four and one is your floor here. Let's do it. Let's go five in a row at Baylor. This is where it gets interesting. You got an interesting little stretch here at Baylor. I'm going to put a loss on that one. Home versus Kansas state. Loss at BYU. (sighs) I'm running out of, I'm running out of games, (laughs) aren't I? Uh, No, no, no. You got plenty of games left. I think this is a win. I think they'll be they'll be up to go. Yeah, they'll be up for that one. That's a win. Thursday night home versus TCU. Win. At Kansas. Win. So there's eight. That's eight. That's you got eight. two more left. Eight. Home versus UCF. Inexplicable loss, apparently. <laughs> On the road at Texas after Thanksgiving. Yeah, road loss is possible. Okay, going back and thinking this through, I'd probably I would trade BYU and UCF. So you you think you're probably more likely to to win the home game of those two and beat yes. UCF at home and lose to BYU on the road? Yes. Okay. And then, I mean, I don't want to say that Tech's going to lose in Austin for their last game there. I don't want to say that, but then I, I also don't want to say we're going to win nine games. <laughs> I will. I'll say it. <laughs> Someone's got to say it. Well, because I'm also taking like a big swing here on in game two and saying you're going to win the Oregon game. Um, you know, that's the one I'd probably trade. That's the one I'd trade. I'd I would trade. Um, you know, Tech Tech loses a close one to Oregon game two but they win in Austin final game of the season, go eight and four. There we go. I've come up with it. I've done it. Okay. You're welcome. Everyone. I'm going to be in Vegas in June. So I'm going to make put some, scratch down. I'm going to make some futures. Absolutely. I am. Okay. Great ideas. You ready to get to some questions? Oh man. This is this the is question. Yes. Okay. The question. Yeah. We got to get rolling here pretty soon. All right, let's do it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. All right, so this tweet came from Texas Sports Life, and we've talked about it a little bit. And it's not new to today, excuse me. Uh, It says, only two can stay, the rest got to go. Which two are you keeping? Dr. Pepper, H-E-B. Shinerbach, Bluebell, Bucky's, Dave and Buster's, Six Flags, Whataburger, Pluckers. How should we do this? Should we do you want to do like a, a an immediate three? You, you'd be you'd be okay with cutting. Okay. Yeah. All right. You go first. All right. Immediate three: Shiner, Dave and Buster's, Six Flags. My immediate three would be Pluckers, Six Flags, Bucky's. All right. My next three, the like there's some there's some thought here. <laughs> <laughs> Pluckers, Bucky's, H E B. Ooh. Drop in H E B already. Not even gonna make the final three. Well, because I th- I'm I'm weighing what we have locally, and I think you've got a pretty good option here with United. That's very fair. Which is also part of Albertsons, which I know is not Texas, but it's it is in Texas. You can get Albertsons across the state. Um, okay, so my next three would be Dave and Buster's Shiner. Yeah, they're better beers. Oh, man. And Dr. Pepper. Okay. So I've never been to a Pluckers. So whatever. But David you, Busters, are, you are in, you're involved in the, in the investment group that will bring Lubbock's first Pluckers location to town. Well, absolutely. I mean, we are shadow investors in in the stp pluckers franchise 
we've got the location um, already. It's it's the old Dion's on University and uh, across from from campus. We're there, man. We, we've got it. That's We're under contract. Now. No, it's it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be Pluckers here, present. <laughs> okay, run by the Stegman Plains Media Group. Yeah, yeah, because we really know how to run restaurants. You don't. It's a um, it's a chain, man. It's what you pay the franchise fee for. They give you a book. So, just a background. Pluckers never been. Six Flags haven't been since I was like nine. I don't like Bucky's. Bucky's I've been in once and had a soggy taco and they hate West Texas. They absolutely freaking hate West Texas. There's going to be a two Bucky's in Kentucky before there's one in West Texas. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, Dave and Buster's. It's great that Lubbock has one, but it took 43 years for them to get here. So not in a big rush to go there. I've Shiner. I like Shiner a lot. Shiner is a good beer. There are quite a few beers I would pick ahead of a Shiner. Dr. Pepper, same thing. Like Dr. Pepper quite a bit, but there are sodas, several, that I would typically pick before Dr. Pepper. So this is how we've gotten to this point. So if you're going strictly... Texas soda and beer, would you go like Big Red and Lone Star? <laughs> Strictly Texas, absolutely Big Red. Yes, you nailed that. Um, oh, I don't want to be like overly trendy, but I really like Real Ale. I think Real Ale is my favorite Texas beer, and they have a bunch of different ones that I enjoy. The I think that. Oh, that they have that pin setter. That's kind of a nice lighter one. They have an APA that I like. That that real axis IPA they have is good. The Fireman's Four is good. I would pick I would pick real ale something. That would be my Texas beer. Oh, their Oktoberfest is probably the best Oktoberfest out of anybody. So I do think it's interesting though that we agreed on two of the three. Uh, we did of the of the remaining three, but only only two of them can stay. So m- my top three, which I know is only only two, my top three are Dr Pepper, Bluebell, Waterburger. I was surprised that Waterburger made it into your top three, although they could still be the third spot and still get cut. It's you know it's on it's a possibility because that would mean you're taking HEB and Bluebell, right? I may I may be keeping Waterburger up there for dramatic effect. I don't know. Michael is a noted Whataburger hater uh, in the group. Recent. It's a yeah, recent, so, it's a heel turn. I started <laughs> explaining the rewards update to Samantha and I got all fired up again. Like I, we were coming home, like we went to, <laughs> we had lunch with Grayson at school yesterday. We had, I take some stuff up there. We're like, let's just go ahead and grab lunch and then eat with them. And we, we all went and grabbed, well, we had Chick-fil-A delivered and then we took that up there because just the, the time that we had to do everything um, on the way back. We were talking about, cause the other option that's close that we could have taken was roses or Whataburger. And we talked about Whataburger and I was like, Oh, Hey, so I, I have, I told you about the rewards that you have to spend a hundred dollars to get a burger or $160 to get a salad. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, it's ridiculous. $160 yes. for a salad. Yes. Okay. Um, I love pluckers, man. It's been a hot minute since I've been there, but I've also part of me just getting older, I guess my stomach issues. 
uh, of the past six months. Uh, fried chicken tears me up, dude. Like it, 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 it puts me in so much pain. Like I have a hard time sleeping at night. Um, I've cut way back on spicy stuff. Like I can't even do like super hot wings anymore without it. Just so the, uh, the allure to wings has changed for me a little bit. Uh, it's gotta be like a special, not, not a special occasion, but something where like I'm prepared. I've got my, my acid reducer on deck. <laughs> yeah. You can't uh, just wing it for wings. You've got to be prepared and be okay with just getting like the, the Buffalo sauce and not like the hot Buffalo yeah. or the, the medium Buffalo. Yeah. Which is sex. I go into uh going to, um, to wing stop. It was like, I would get almost exclusively atomic. Good Lord. I can't even, imagine I think I got it do. once. I got it once and I was like, this is not enjoyable for me. I, I, I loved am, it, man. I loved it. Cause I was mistakenly thinking, you know, I think I'm getting better at eating hot stuff. Uh, I think I'm, I think I can start tolerating more. And I got that and I was like, yeah, no, I can't. Nope. Not so, better. Dr. Pepper, Bluebell, Whataburger for me. Top two, probably Dr. Pepper and Whataburger. I'm not a huge ice cream fan and you can get good ice cream with other, other makers. So my only two would be Whataburger and Dr. Pepper. So my top three wound up with H-E-B, Whataburger, Bluebell. I really don't know why I've done this to myself. You know, I'm kind of leaning back on what Rob said on his show. I could almost cut them all. <laughs> but I do like H-E-B quite a bit. Um, I, the only reason well, I'm somebody copped out and said, you can get uh, Dr. Pepper and Bluebell and all like Shiner at H-E-B. So I just need H-E-B and I cut the other ones. It's like, that's not how this works, man. No, no. You would be, if you walked into HEB, you would be shocked if you picked up Shinerbach and put it in your cart. That's how this hypothetical would go. Yeah. Uh, and if you tried to drink it, the beer, the beer itself would shock you. If someone handed you a Shinerbach, you would immediately have to pour it on the ground and, you know, leave the premises. So I'm going to go... I think I'm going to keep Whataburger, as crazy as it sounds. I'm going to keep them. I have faith that maybe they'll come back around, quit trying to get me to buy hats and flip-flops or whatever the hell else they have. Graduate and gear. I'm going to keep H-E-B. I really like H-E-B. Do you go it's often? A solid place. Quite a bit, yes. We switch it up. We switch it up a lot. But uh, the last few times I've done the grocery shopping, personally, I went to H-E-B. Me and the rest of Lubbock, Texas. Um, so w- one, Still we have a United, United that's closer than HEB. Um, so if if we're running like we're going in for something specific that we don't w- either like the quality at Walmart or we can't get at Walmart, uh, then I'm going to United because uh, it's even closer. Most of my hate and disdain for HEB came out of their, when they, like it was early when they opened up their online pickup service was so atrociously bad. Like we sat there for an hour waiting for them to bring groceries out. Like, and like we were stopping people like workers, like, Hey, like, like there's a huge line backed up on, on, on the Quaker here with people trying to get into the, the, the pickup area. They have only a certain number of spots on the side of their building for pickup. They're all full. Nobody's moving because no orders are coming out. 
Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. And then we, we, we noticed anything that they made themselves, like if it was HEB brand, if it was like freshly made in the store or whatever, super heavy on fresh onions. And I'm not a fresh onion guy. So (laughs) like beans and guac and I don't know. It was just stuff like you wouldn't expect like, no, and not, no, not, I'm not talking about like their, their tortillas or whatever. I'm talking about like, like their guacamole or whatever. It just had overwhelming onion flavor. I just couldn't do it. Not bad. I would just prefer, I, I I would take United over H-E-B. All right. Let's uh, wrap this up with what we learn uh, because it's now we're going deep into the night here. Wee hours in the morning. Not quite, but uh, wrap this up and then, well, do what we learn and then wrap this up. What do you say? Do it. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, I've got a quick couple of updates behind the dish. We are in the final days of Little League Baseball in Lubbock, Texas. The regular season ends on Thursday. I've got two more games Thursday night. Um, and then the first of the city tournaments begin on Friday, this Friday, um, or Saturday. Shoot, whatever day the 20th is. Anyways, um, and it starts with the oldest group, uh, and then it works its way down to the coach pitch or farm coach pitch, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was talking to my assigner, my, the umpire coordinator guy last night, we were up the fields together. We were on different fields, but, um, and I mentioned like, Hey, I didn't, I didn't like it snuck up on me. I didn't even realize like the regular season ends this week and the topic of the tournaments came up and he didn't mention wanting to schedule me for games. And I was like, oh man, like maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And maybe it's, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm understand that like, I'm not bad, but I may be an acquired taste <laughs> as an umpire. There you go. <laughs> Last night I had one game and it was the, it was the American nationals game. Yeah. American national division. Um, and it wasn't like what they said was untrue and it wasn't like it was directed at me in, in a negative fashion. But one of the, the coaches for one of the teams to their batters were saying, hey, this because I, I, I was the umpire behind the plate last night. This umpire has a small zone. So don't let him call strikes on you. If he's calling strikes on you, it's because like they're 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 in the zone. Like if you strike out looking, it's because you you weren't doing something right. 
Um, this was like, well, I mean, I guess that's okay. Like I, I was trying like, how do I feel about him saying that? And I was like, stop listening. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like I need to focus on what, do what I'm doing. Yeah. It would be um, so hard to, to just be like, well, I was like, well, maybe I should, maybe the zone is too small. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I would be in my head so badly because he said that and I was like, well, he said it to his batters though. So it wasn't like a negative thing. He just like, like swing the bat, which is usually the, the outcome you get when you have a bigger zone too. Like you get batters swinging. Um, anyways, let's coming up. The, the umpire coordinator texted me tonight. He said, Hey, what is your availability starting whenever like the city tournament starts? Like, ah, he does want, he does want me to, to umpire. So that's, that's good news. Um, still working on calling a, a more aggressive and generous zone, e- e- even for the older kids, because small small zones do nobody any favors. Um, last night though, uh, had two things come up. One, um, there was a fair ball, and it was it was confirmed to me by my partner in the field and by the coach that I, it went in favor of. The batter smokes this ball into the dirt right in front of the plate. But he like just with the way the spin he had on it and the weight, like the swing he had on it, smokes it into the dirt, and then it's got this huge swing to it. So it, it's it swings out. Like it looks like it's going into left field. It's going between third and shortstop, but it has this outward swing to it, and it ends up landing in foul territory. Mm. I called it fair because as it hit the ground, it then becomes a bounding ball. It's a ground ball, even though it hit the ball. Like it, I, the physics of it make no sense, but this is what the baseball did. (laughs) And like, I saw it happen. My partner saw it happen. The other coach didn't the home, the the team that it, it benefited saw this way too. It's like, I don't know whether he was whatever, but with a ground ball, fair foul is determined by where the ball comes to rest. If it's, or, you know, if it's before it reaches the bag, it's either where it's red, where it comes to rest or where it's touched. If it passes the bag, it is, where does it pass the bag? So if it passes third base, is it pass the bag over or in fair territory or does it pass it in foul territory? So from my angle, I don't have a great angle over the bag because I'm not 60 feet away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody is. But from where I'm standing, I'm like, I've got my belt buckle on the foul line. I'm looking down the line. This ball is swinging. I'm seeing it go foul. And I was like, don't call it foul because it's going to land foul. Don't call it foul because it's going to land foul. It hit the ground in front. You know, it's like, I know it's a fair ball. I called it fair. The visiting team fans don't argue with it. The coach comes out and asks, Hey, you called that fair? And I was like, yeah, it hit the ground and it went, it passed third base in fair territory, landed foul. But that it doesn't matter where it landed it, because it's pat, it's where it passed the base. Right. Right. And he's like, but it landed foul. And I think his, like I was, I was telling him like it was a bounding ground ball. It hit the ground first. It wasn't a line drive. I think he was saying it was a line drive. Um, because no, if it was a line drive, that would have been foul. If it was a ground ball, that would have been fair. Uh, and that's where we, we differed. And it's like, well, fair foul 
is a judgment call. Judgment calls are final. I can't overturn this. Even if I was wrong, like you just got to live with it. And then he's like, well, then you owe me one. I was like, that's not how this works, brother. (laughs) Even if I thought I, I messed up, I wouldn't then give you a makeup call, which would then be another call that I got wrong. This one on yeah, purpose. Yeah, you're going to have the other coach coming out and obviously going, hey. Like, what are you doing? Like, you, what are you and, doing? Anyways. You, you owe me one now. Yeah. No. Well, because he came out and was like, hey, can you get help? Which is like, can you confer with your partner? I was like, well, he doesn't call fair foul. Uh, and with where he was, like he was out there in shallow left field, like in what we call C position uh, behind shortstop. He didn't he doesn't know where the ball went over the bag or not. He doesn't see it. Hmm. And I, I talked to him after the game. I was like, Hey, on that, that fair ball, they can, cause he, the, the coach came out twice to talk to me about it. Um, I was like, Hey, you, you saw it hit the ground, right? And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay, good. Cause you saw it. The other team said like, this is something this kid does all the time. He smokes it right, right in the ground, right, right in front of home plate. It just, with the curve on it, it was wild. Anyways. So there's that going yard. Only thing I got, uh, well, shoot, hold on. Going yard remind me of two things. Um, the team that complained about this fair foul, they ended up winning the game. Um, the next inning, they had a guy hit a no doubter grand slam oh. to tie the game. They was tied then at six six runs apiece. Like yeah, so he hit it. Nobody's thinking about the foul ball anymore. <laughs> yeah, he hit it. And I look up. I was like, "Holy smokes, that may be the farthest ball I've seen hit on this field." <laughs> And I'm just looking at it and like, I, 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 I have a good feeling it's, it's going out, but I'm watching the outfielder. He's like running at it. He's running hard. I was like, don't hit the fence. Don't hit the fence. And then he stops and looks up. It's like, that ball is still like 20, 30 feet above his head. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> and then when that coach that massacred that, it, yeah, he's like, man, I, cause like I, 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 I try to be fair and I try to be, like not rooting for the teams. The team that ended up winning was not a, a Cooper little league team. It was a Western little league team. The coach that had a problem with McCall was, was the Western team. When he was cross, cause he, he, the, he was the head coach. He was in the third base box as he was crossing the field to go back after all that happened. Uh, after the grand slam I was like, dude, that kid smoked it. Like I, I, I was complimenting him and his, his players. Like that was like, like just phenomenal scene. And I, I gave the, the the guy like the the batter like a adapt him up and gave him some knuckles. There um, go. there you go. They they threw the ball so they they, they had Way guys to stay impartial. <laughs> well, I was congratulating him. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> well, it's fine. It's a home run. You don't see a lot of these. Oh, they it's actually fine. they they, they threw starts. the they threw the ball back in to the field of play, and then the center fielder threw the ball like from basically the fence into the opposing team's dugout uh, and said, Hey, you hit it. You get it. Like you get to keep that ball. Um, Anyways, going yard. So one massive home run. That was a thing to see last night. Uh, And then I planted grass. I've got grass growing. I've got Bermuda grass coming up and I'm excited for it, man. Well, okay. My going yards very quickly, very quick. I did get some sprinkler work done today, which was great. And as you and I both predicted, the guy was here for maybe an hour. And he did a lot of stuff. He he messed with like 10 sprinkler heads. 
raise some of them, replace some of them, you know, change the housing or the inside on some of, you know, he, he did various things on at least 10 sprinkler heads and was gone. The only catch is that he cut the AT&T fiber line to our house. Of course he did. Of course. But it is not his fault because AT&T ruined three or four sprinklers (laughs) putting in that fiber line in the first place. And they buried it like three inches deep. So they suck. Not my sprinkler guy. And so now I had to have AT&T come out to fix that problem. Guy was here two hours, but now I have 300 MBS internet, which I've, I've been paying for for a while, but I've never actually gotten, but it didn't mm. really bother me that much. But for the first time ever, I got over 300 something megabits per second download on Wi-Fi today. Pretty pumped about that. It's a game changer. The thing that like one I, I want to get back to AT&T is because they have the same down as they do up or optimum slash Sunlink. I have 300 down and 20 up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Doesn't sound like that much, but like, but when I have to upload podcasts or if if we're going to play games online, which we do almost every day, like the upload speed is is a a deal breaker. Yeah. So that's, that's a mess because now I've got a, you know, from my alley all the way around to the side of my house, just a fiber laying in the yard. And with all this rain, who knows how many times I've got to mow around it before someone comes out to bury it again. And hopefully they don't screw up sprinklers again. I, I don't even know what to do with this. I've thought about trying to bury it myself or, or just like staple it around the fence or I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want somebody nice. to come out and do this again. <sighs> anyway, uh, that's my going yard. Uh, quickly, though, the only thing I want to bring up, I I tweeted about it earlier this week. Spencer, are you familiar with the cocktail, the old fashioned? I'm familiar with it. Yes. Okay. Have you seen, and this isn't new. This has been around for several years. Smoked old fashioned. Have you seen that on menus? Yeah. Where where they'll, they'll burn something and they'll, they'll overturn the glass over top of it. So they'll, they'll capture the smoke in the glass. Either yeah, they either do that, or they they kind of do like um, like Stephen Reichlin likes to use those little smoke machines. Mm, yeah, where I think they like put some smoke in this little container with the cocktail, and then just let it sit for a little bit, and so then you have that smoke flavor. I'm just here to tell everyone. I don't get the allure this. of a smoky drink, but go on. <laughs> well, uh, I've tried this two or three times because they sold me on the gimmick and they're awful. It just tastes like a campfire. I, I don't understand it. All, all they do is ruin good bourbon. If you want a smoky old fashioned, just get scotch, get some really peaty Lafrague or whatever the heck. I don't even know how you say that one. The one that tastes like an ashtray, get one of those and make an old fashioned with it. Just don't bother with the smoke. Just just use scotch. I don't get it. It's so... Uh, it almost tastes like tobacco. It's just Maybe really that's the allure. Maybe the, the tobacco yeah, I mean, users are, are their audience, man. Maybe so. I, I just think it's another way to add three extra dollars to a, an already almost perfect cocktail by putting carbon in it <laughs> giving you cancer 
So, okay, smoked old fashioned. That's it. That's all I had. They're, they're just not worth it. They're so you, you mentioned just the, the price of it. Uh, that, that reminded me of like the people um, that trick up the name of their of their position, mixologists, baristas. Like, no, no, you, sure. you, you, pour, you, you pour drinks. They, well, they the, make it the like mixologist, a, a okay. But well, hold on. Well, I'll the, defend the mixologists because they're the ones coming up with with the with the recipes. They're so the they ones may, coming up with what works and what doesn't. Then maybe my use of that is just out of ignorance. But like the people that make it a performance, no, no, you're just you're 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 combining a yeah. few different liquids into a glass. Like it's not a dance. It's not a routine. You're not on on a step team. You're not throwing bottles and and shakers and lids and filters and sieves like just you're pouring out of one glass into another stirring it and then handing it to the buyer i I don't get the performance aspect of it besides like look at my drink look look how cool my drink is when he's making look 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 how cool it is i'm okay spending 25 dollars to see somebody dance in front of me to to mix up a drink that would have cost me six dollars otherwise someone should just uh cut that out no context spencer saying he's willing to spend 25 dollars to see somebody dance in front of him but i do think i I can obviously tell you've never seen cocktail the tom cruise movie but that's pretty much all it's about fun fact neither have i (laughs) all right the last thing i had uh michael have you ever heard of the, the the publication Evermore? No, I was trying to Google Evermore before because I could tell that's what you're going to talk about. And I was like, what is that? Is that that's Taylor Swift's new album? Is that some Edgar Allan Poe stuff? It is a His was Texas, Evermore. It's a Texas Tech publication. Um, it is in its infancy. This, this version I'm holding is uh, number four. It started, it's a monthly, maybe it's quarterly. It's got to be quarterly because it started. Is it done by Texas Tech? It is done. It is a publication from the College of Media and Communications. That's why you don't get it. Uh, As I I was a graduate of this college. Well, no, no, I'm not saying you don't understand it. I'm saying you don't receive it. They send it to alumni of the college. Um, it is a fantastic publication. If you are, if you're not a, a, a graduate or a student of the College of Media Communication, you're missing out. This thing is a, is cool. a work of art, dude. Um, this, yeah, like I said, their fourth is. one. This illustration on the front and back is was was done by one of their um, one of the artists on staff here. The stories uh, are in here. I was reading the article on the on the the school song. Like the history of like how Tech Tech got their school song for like 20 minutes today. It was fascinating. And I want to tell it to you really quickly. Um, do you know, well, one, I want to ask you, do you know how Tech Tech got its school song? I do not know this. So if you don't know, it was a, a years long contest where they, they were taking in submissions from anybody and everywhere about getting an official school song. When, when the Texas Tech technological college was was formed they had a school song what what it was it was uh it was an anthem written by the first president president horn uh called oh college oh college mother beautiful 
Um, and it was set to the tune of America the Beautiful. So it was mm. like the the lyrics were original, but the song was not. Um, and so in an effort to have an actually original school song, they're like, well, we're going to take submissions. And they, they, held, they like held out for years. So um, their first, you know, school song came out in 1925. It wasn't until 1930 that they got the, the Matador song that we know it. It was written by a transfer student who had joined uh, Robert Clarence Marshall Jr. Uh, just before his 20th birthday, transferred in from Hillsboro Junior College, and he picked Texas Tech because a neighbor had enrolled at Tech and reported liking it. And that's how he ended up at Texas Tech. Um, he, gets a Texas, he gets a Texas Tech. Here's of the, this competition. He's like, that sounds like something I, 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 I could be down for. Uh, grabs a pencil and paper, goes into a classroom in what is now the administration building, uh, and through a few hours of, of sketching out lyrics, gets a rough draft, takes it to the School of Music, and says, so he, here's, here's what I've got. He and the dean kind of go through it a few times. He sets it to a song he claims was familiar but couldn't place it. Uh, ended up being the, the fight song from Notre Dame, um, <laughs> which had recently been uh, copyrighted. So they had to like make enough changes into it to, to make it eligible for a new copyright. But the lyrics of the Matador song, uh, he was announced as the winner of the competition written and announced May 1st, 1930. That story's in the evermore. I wouldn't, I didn't even know about any of that until today. Um, well, I've sub- since you started telling me about this, I've already subscribed. I guess I should get one next printing, but I have access to, I have immediate access to issue one right now. I'm scrolling through it right now. And man, this is incredible. So if you go to, there's today- so many cool stories in here and just the imagery, everything you've said, everything you've already pointed out. Um, yeah, I can't believe I didn't know about this. If you go to today.ttu.edu slash evermore, you can subscribe. Uh, it's free. You, you put in your name, your address, you hit submit. Uh, issues yep. one through three are available for download, so you can go through the first few. Um, they have uh, playlists for the the publications, the issue four playlist. It's Hard to Be Humble, Mac Davis, In the Ghetto by Mac Davis. Oh, they're all Mac Davis songs on this one. Um, so I don't need to tell you Mac Davis. In the Ghetto, Texas in My Rearview Mirror, um, baby, don't get hooked on me. Happiness of love takes <laughs> Rock and roll with a little touch of love, and I believe in music. Um, so if you are also interested, <laughs> you can go subscribe for future issues of Evermore today. slash Evermore. I'm not involved in this production whatsoever. I would like to be, but it's a student production, um, led by professionals there at the school. Uh, editors Glennis Young, creative lead Armando Godinez, uh, design Veronica Medina, photographers Ashley Rogers, Justin Rex, contributors Lucy Greenberg, Alan Ramsey, Frank Vaculin, Michaela Yarbrough, research Patrick Hutchinson, Glennis Young. Um, they've got special thanks to the people at Southwest Collection, Special Collections Library, uh, Matt Dewey, and President Lawrence Skubinek. All right. 
So that's what I had for you on Evermore from what do we learn? I got my new edition just a couple days ago. I was like, I was just going through it. It is a fantastic production um, publication free from the College of Media and Communications. I would highly recommend if you're not a student or a graduate of that college, subscribe and you will be on the receiving end of a great Texas Tech magazine every quarter. All right. So that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast. Um, we talked about baseball. You need the series win, uh, preferably the, the sweep this weekend versus Kansas. Talked about basketball staff announcement incoming, right? Well, we've got names of, of, of staff members holding out to see that last assistant. Um, recruiting news. Uh, this is, the roster is coming together. Uh, you got the, the commitment from Warren Washington football. Very quickly go through the schedule and the over-unders. Um, so all that. We'll be back next week. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.